0: baseball season's almost here and there's never been a better time to check out draftkings.com america's favorite daily fantasy baseball site where you could win huge cash prizes every day daily fantasy means no season-long commitment every time you play it's like a new season head to draftkings.com now and use code athlete to play for free in the opening day hundred thousand dollar fantasy baseball contest first place takes home 10 grand enter athlete for free entry now at draftkings.com that's draftkings.com
1: and now, The Moment with Brian Koppelman.
0: Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Bill Hader is my guest. Um, ended up recording this at the ESPN studios for the first time. There were cameras around, so I forgot to actually do the introduction. So, But I'm doing it now. I've done it. And uh, thanks for being here. If you want to reach me, I am uh, my email address is bk at gmail.com. Bill Hader, uh, we've already done the interview, so I'm not going to say he's going to be here because I never lie. We've done it. Yeah. It went fine. Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> That's Hader crying.
1: Yeah, all right. You know,
0: it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's just, mm-hmm. it's going to start now. I'm here with Bill Hader, and um, thanks for listening. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here and and doing this. You know, oh, the Kurosawa thing though. I I, I want to say I always feel like a f- I feel like there's a line you could draw from from Kurosawa to um to Herzog to Warner Herzog in oh, a
2: way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because both of them both of those artists and there are many many more who do it they like mastered the form um but it seems like they're they're actually trying to use it to uncover the most base parts darkest ugliest parts of of what we are and yeah and there's this kurosawa quote which is that the the artist is never supposed to avert his eyes yeah right? yeah you're supposed to look at everything yeah that's
2: a story that he had with his brother and the um his brother in like the 19 that giant earthquake in japan where it just destroyed most families these huge fires happen and there's bodies everywhere and burn and his brother took him out and he was you know 14 and said we have to look at the destruction you have to face everything head on so right. you don't let it fester in your mind of what it is like just look right at it and his brother who then later committed suicide took kurosawa to look at the destruction to look at these charred bodies and all these things and when you hear that story and then you think just like you're saying about his life you're kind of going oh okay that's that's his that's what made his work uh so outstanding was that you would watch something like Kiru or The Bad Sleep Well or whatever, and you and the movie works on this one yeah. level of a thriller or a drama. I mean, they are genre movies, you know. But yeah, then, a war, movie. Or war movie, or Shakespearean tragedy. Sure. Yeah. but then there's this such a deeper meaning at the end of those movies that, well, than anything, you know.
0: Well, yeah, you know, you watch a Herzog, you watch, a, a, you know, Grizzly Man. Yeah, and you know when he gets to that.
2: Yeah, you must do a good Herzog. Oh yeah, I love Hertz. So I'm sure you can bring it out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the he says at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, we're you know, say... just,
0: uh, the, when you know where Timothy Treadwell
2: and I differ. Oh yeah, Wait, he... he says that he's he, I. He thought the world. He idealized the world,
1: and I do not idealize the world at all. I think <laughs> it is a very ugly place. <laughs> yeah, it's a very ugly and disturbing place. He goes. He sees uh, in the bear humanity, yeah,
2: humanity, and
1: everything, and I just see. <laughs> I see death and darkness yeah
2: all the time. It's amazing. That's what's so great about um, all of his documentaries. You know, I love all I love his documentaries. Right, so a here
0: lot. here's what's so great. Is that I just ping-ponged out like um, random filmmakers with these disparate connections and movies and you just uh, you can riff on all of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is so revelatory about about who you are and who you who you were. Yeah. Um and do you still find yourself I know you have T C M on all the time. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. But uh can do you still get lost in this stuff and as swept away by it, um and does it still take you to like this most special place. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. In the way that it did when you were young?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean when I was young it was more of like this treasure hunt kind of mentality living in Tulsa, Oklahoma and and trying to get your hands on a copy of like Aguirre Wrath of God or something yeah. cuz this you know the dude at the video store is like man that's the movie man you know or whatever you know or um but um a lot of it just came out of having a genuine appreciation for it and 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 growing up you know in a place where you know there i mean there wasn't a lot to do you know yeah. like i didn't play sports really so it was kind of like if you are in Tulsa and you don't play sports there's not i mean there's, like you just like do drugs and that's it, you know? And I didn't do drugs and I didn't play sports so I just kind of like watched movies, you know? Yeah, well, whenever I
0: hear you talk about it and you know, Maren did an excellent interview with you, we talk about your whole life and I don't want to um, really make you go through sort of like that whole story again but I, when I hear you talk about it and I, when you and I know each other and yeah, like yeah, 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 spend yeah. time together um, I always think of Mia Farrow's character in Purple Rose of Cairo.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that but I'm not being beaten up by my 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 wife isn't yeah, isn't Danny Aiello. No, but I'm saying when you were <laughs> no, joking. when you were when you were a kid. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Did, oh, did you hear Danny Aiello on Gilbert Gottfried? It's the greatest no. hour of podcasting. Really? Oh, man, oh yeah. He goes, uh, he goes. He uh, goes. That Martin Scorsese, <laughs> He goes. I will kick that little pipsqueak's <laughs> ass if I see him on the street. Why? I was owed pots by that bastard. That he Whoa. didn't get. It's the greatest interview you've Whoa. ever heard. He goes um, off on, like, every single person. Wow. Oh, yeah, he says, uh, like, you know, uh, Bobby De Niro insulted me, and I was, uh, I didn't, he keeps saying wow. over and over again, um, I didn't, he's saying over and over again, I didn't need them, I didn't need this, I didn't need any of it. Wow. I was Danny Aiello then. Wow.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. And it's the best thing you ever heard. Wow. You'll lose your mind. I have to check that out, you know, yeah, because he's such an interesting, I don't know why that guy doesn't. It was just a difficult person, and they Well,
0: I don't know him, and he's a wonderful actor. But if you, I would say, if you don't know Gilbert, Gilbert's podcast is like the turn of classic movies of podcast. He just all he does is interview people who were stars, yeah, and from like the old days of show business oh, wow. and it's all he does it at the friars oh my god you gotta listen to it so
2: yeah the ambiance lo- is there <laughs> everyone's pissed it. oh that's great they're all talking about it. like
0: the third guest on a johnny carson episode in 79 oh wow and that's amazing but, no Iolo talks about walking into the russian tea room oh wow and seeing scorsese and threatening to beat him up because he wouldn't give him a speaking part in something wow so
2: jesus christ
0: yeah so yes, you might not be getting beaten up by Danny Aiello, but that doesn't mean you're not going to ever
2: get beaten up. By yeah, Danny I might get. Now I will.
0: I heard you on Copelman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but I, I know you said um, you know yeah you weren't getting beaten up, but I, when you were a kid though, there does seem to be something about this being an escape in the way that Pro Barossa is for.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was an escape. I mean, I kind of, I didn't really, uh, I don't know. I felt like I, I just was into something else, and I, I didn't have make. I had very good grades. Uh, I was never that good in school and I think, but it was good that I started having teachers as I was in high school kind of realize, Oh, you're not like an idiot and you're not like doing drugs. You're just not interested in any of this other stuff. It was like, it was hard for me instead of studying for a physics exam or a chemistry exam. I was putting a lot of effort into making like short films or seeing as many movies as possible. Um, and they, because they, into it. They, did they let you know that there were,
0: like, people like I don't want to put word, but, I mean, you weren't playing sports. You weren't doing drugs. You had a family life where your dad yeah. you didn't spend time yeah, yeah, doing yeah. this. But what was missing? Like, what do you think was missing that you were – because it's very – it's easy to say, well, I wasn't getting beaten up. But, like, what do you think –
2: Made that particular magic the magic that you needed. I, I have I I don't know. It's just like it. I I honestly don't know. I just I would get so drawn into stories, and you know what a real moment was was always loving films. You know, as a yeah, he's a kid. You like old old movies, but Spielberg movies and what George Lucas was doing, and all these people, and Back to the Future, and all those films, and then, and then my dad. Started showing me Kubrick movies at a very young age, and uh, and that kind of taught you something different. And then I remember watching Taxi Driver. I was like eight, watching Taxi Driver, and and it was on TV, and I was watching that film, and I and there was a moment in the movie where uh, you know Robert De Niro takes Sybil Shepard to that porno theater, which is like one of the worst uh, as uncomfortable uncomfortable movie moment as you can ever yeah, yeah. and I at eight was like this is so awful this is the worst thing i've ever yeah. seen it was the most like emotionally violent thing i'd ever seen it was just awful and then you'll probably know where i'm going with this it cuts to him he sends her flowers and then he's on the phone with her and the shots like this and he's on the phone with her and go did you get my flowers did you get my whatever and i just was thinking like i can't watch this anymore and then the camera dollies off of him remember yeah. and it goes down a hallway and i went well, the director doesn't want to watch this either <laughs> it's like the guy the filmmaker doesn't want to watch this this is terrible you can do that you can do that you know what i mean and then it was this thing of it like unlocked this thing in my brain of oh my god that's so cool and then it got me an idea uh, of those point are of incredible view, you know? moments man yeah when you yeah when it you... unlocks your brain and then you don't see movies the same way anymore you just go another moment of that is when he shoots harvey Keitel. um in front of the, we shoots him in the gut, you know, and the camera is across the street shooting him, and it all happens, and he shoots him, and you know, Kytel goes, ooh, 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 and he falls down, and then he walks over, and he sits down, yeah. remember? Oh, of course. And from an audience member, I go, oh, I'm from the point of view, I'm sitting on a stoop across the street, and I just yeah. saw this guy shoot this guy, and then he walked over, and he sat down, and now it's just me and this guy sitting here. And it's and it's just be, where the camera placement was and letting it play out for so long has a psychological effect. Wait, on and you. you're eight years old, and I'm eight years old, and figuring you're this actually out. <laughs> like
0: uh, figuring out there's a point of view. Yeah, there's a filmmaker making choices about that point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that the moment that that it it locked in for you that you I want to become yeah, one of these people. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: like how do I do that? Like how do you become that guy? You know? How do you like you just start to envision you start to visualize things that way would you, you start know? to
0: draw scenes up like no i just you...
2: write things out or you know you know get my dad's you know uh, camera and shoot stuff i mean the other big one was seeing the movie um evil Dead, the sam raimi film because the camera i don't work know that film that, well but yeah tell the me. camera work and that um was basically an, an airy bl on like two like on a on a board right and they would run around it was like it was called the shaky cam and they would go underneath things and and i thought oh wow so you can get those kind of cool um spielberg type things we don't need like all this amazing equipment you can actually do good things handheld if you know and it taught me kind of like oh so if i have like a wide lens on this and i run with the camera i can get these kind of cool shots and you were really thinking about that and absorbing that stuff then totally yeah and then
0: and, and so, these are all really heavy, dramatic things. I mean, Evil Dead's a horror, but they yeah. were dramatic things. Yeah, were you interested in funny stuff, too? Oh,
2: them? 100%. Yeah, and in and, and the same way, the fun, the comedy is, too. You know, we are got really into Money Python. That was a big one. Um, and, uh, you know, early Woody Allen movies, like Take the Money and Run. The way that the people in his films, and I don't know how he does it, but he would get all these small parts were played these people were amazing actors and i i don't think i don't know if they were actors or whatever but he would get these amazing performances out of these people um in bananas and take the money and run and love and death all these films like everything to take the money and run the 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 couple that play his parents yeah do you remember that where it's like his parents are ashamed of him and they're wearing They're so they've been disguised and it's this old couple and they're wearing groucho glasses but it's played super straight where yeah. the father's like, I w- used to beat God into him, and you know, well, where do you think he gets it? But and it's all they're talking to each other. It's very, it's really subtle, and I and that was another unlocking moment of like, oh, that's how you do it. You you play it subtle, you know, but then you you have he has them with these glasses on, and it makes it infinitely funny. But if it takes itself really seriously, that may, that makes it way funnier. And
0: and did you, you you so you were walking around thinking about these things? Yeah.
2: Like when I was in elementary school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so what what did that make interactions with your friends? Like
2: I would just show them everything. I mean, yeah, I I ran into a buddy of mine in Tulsa, uh, you know, last year, and he said, I don't know if you remember, but I remember we had a sleepover when we were in fifth grade, and you brought Clockwork Orange over, and you showed Clockwork Orange to all of us. Like, And uh, my mom got real angry, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, but I was just, you know, my dad showed me that movie, and he was like, there's some really rough stuff in this, but it's I mean, an amazing film. That's just
0: totally the wrong – that's totally wrong. Oh, totally wrong. wrong. Now that I have yeah. kids,
2: I know. I mean, I, mean, I tried to watch awesome. that with my wife, and she was like, your father let you watch this when you were 11? No, I saw and Apocalypse I like, yeah. Now
0: in 78 when I was 12, and that was like um, – yeah. right, did that come out in 78? Is that right? 79, yeah. So, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was 12, still yeah, 12, yeah. about to be 13 when I saw Apocalypse yeah, yeah, Now. And times. I remember that my, my friend Peter Zizzo's dad uh, took us to see that movie. Yeah, And, um, and that was you – know, I barely could ha- – I could barely hang on. Yeah, in the movie theater and Clockwork Orange. I mean, um, I read the book first, and that
2: even is. There's like three. There's a home invasion rape scene at the opening, and I mean, I mean, it's all this awful stuff, but it was done like almost like kabuki theater no, you know it i mean it, so it makes um, top, michael haneke you know? look
0: like leo sayer yeah yeah i mean
2: yeah yeah you know in terms of, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the sentiment I don't know. piano teacher is like <laughs> the, a pretty rough on the sentiment yeah, scale. yeah yeah i mean piano teacher is a rough movie but um you know but we we have that's like, a joke for a lot of people by the way that yeah. it makes michael
0: haneke look like, like leo, leo sayer. sayer i'm letting everybody in
2: yeah that's like even harry Knowles would be like wait a minute let me go online real quick um but we i i had to, yeah. I had to you know, you, you know, you were into that stuff, but um, you know, I, you know, you, you just, you just like, I just liked it, but I, I couldn't like, I intellectualize what I was going through. I just, I just wanted more of it. You just were, you know. By the time I got into high school, I was really into Herzog. You know, seeing um, Guillermo oh, yeah. and Fitzcarraldo and yeah, uh, the uh, Enigma, Casper Hauser, and all those movies. And then uh, um, some of his movies I can't.
0: I like I'm I've drama-ish. I have a plan to watch all of. Herzog's movies, the ones that I haven't seen. Like, yeah. the I, I, the Vietnam one, you know, I watched the... the, the
2: uh, Little Dieter Needs to Fly or that Yeah, one? like, yeah. I just
0: haven't been able to really gird myself. Oh, it's great. To, <laughs> it's great.
2: Yeah. It's great. Little Dieter Needs to Fly is great because he makes all the... It Just how he kind of is very leading in his questions with stuff and just... He's so fascinated by just people who had something very extreme happen to them, and it, it always deals with life and death and just... You know, you know, getting to that. There's that one called Wings of Hope. I'm getting it wrong maybe, but the one where he was supposed to be on a plane and the plane disintegrated in midair and this this German schoolgirl was the only survivor. Yeah. And he gets her now and she's like you know, an older woman and he gets her to like get in a plane, sit in the exact
1: place where she was. And he's like, so what were you going through right now? And she's like, well, my father was there, and uh, my mother was right here, and there was a fat man sleeping <laughs> over here, and everything, and he's like, so the plane just disintegrated. And the reason he's f- so fascinating is because he was supposed to be on the flight. He was supposed to be on the plane, yeah. and then he ended up not. So it's him at the airport at the beginning. He goes, I so haven't seen them I haven't seen Oh, it's amazing. There. He's like, you imagine that... 30 years ago, we were at the same place, and you were a schoolgirl, and I was making my film, and we were probably in this area, and then I left, and everyone here, they all died, except you, you know, and like you're
2: just like, but he's kind of, you know, he just likes to put people in these situations, you know. Did you
0: see the list of uh, the 20, that he put put a list out the other day of... uh, 20 things every filmmaker and every artist needs to have. No. And, and like, who you need to be. You know, you need to be willing to spend a night in jail for your art to get the shot. Spend a night in jail. Be willing to spend a night in jail in order to get the shot. Right. You know, don't get the – but the first item, the thing you must be or have is uh, always have bolt cutters. (laughs) Bolt cutters. Carry bolt cutters (laughs) with you everywhere you go. Because, you know, he could come up with usages for the bolt cutters that we can't even –
2: have you seen the footage of him getting shot during the interview? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, great. Yeah, it's insane.
0: I mean, he's yeah. um he's a bit, one like I've it in on the me.
2: Planet. He is one of my favorite people. He's just like
0: the best. Uh, have you spent time with him?
2: No, no, no. I just he's I just watch anything that he does. I'm first in line to watch.
0: And you have have you ever tried to reach out and get to know no, him? No, no, I haven't. Why?
2: No. I I I would love to get to know him. I just never have come up, you know.
0: Do you and, do that? Do you ever because of the place of access that you have now, will you reach out to filmmakers and <sighs>
2: Not so much filmmakers, I think, because I'm an actor, and I, 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 I always get nervous that they think it's not coming from a genuine love of film or something. Actually, I take that back. No, no, I do I, I The guy who made uh, Whiplash, I was on a panel with him, and like really oh, when I was like, yeah, that I go, dude, great. that movie was so good, and you did such a fantastic job with it, and he was very sweet. But I, I always hope they see that it's coming like as a fellow film um Fanatic and not like an actor trying to get in with them or something. You, I, you, you think uh,
0: does the careerism part of the whole? Yeah, thing- I get
2: very, I get very nervous about that. I go, I don't Why? want, I just don't want them to think I'm trying to. Sell them a line so they give me a job or something. I want to like. I'm coming from this from like. I really like the movie or whatever. So I, I I'm more prone to like reach out to like writers that I like. I'm more prone to like because you know we're powerless. Because we're powerless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, like know. or like John Ronson, who's now yeah. a friend of mine. I love his books, and so I read oh, his oh, books. So re- then, writers yeah. of books, not yeah, yeah. not screenwriters. Oh, I'm whatever. really freaked out about screenwriters too. I'll be like, no, I, we got to be introduced through somebody. And oh, and, really? You know, or I just never. It's probably. I don't know. I'm sure there's some friends of mine there. Like Bill, you can be a little ambitious. You can be that much ambitious, so it's okay. Yeah, you're, <laughs> it's allowed a, it's a, you're allowed to be a little ambitious. I think it's a Tulsa thing. Like any sort of well, I wonder ambition, if it's,
0: I wonder know. if it's a Tulsa thing or if it has to do with like the the romantic way you still think about yeah this art the art form.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I well, I think it also it comes from like I was a PA and. So you know what I mean? I was a PA, I was an assistant editor, yeah. I was all these things, and then you find yourself now you're an actor and, and I don't think I've ever fully gotten comfortable in that way of um I don't know how to like shuck and I I don't know how to like wheel and deal, you know what I mean? I don't know well, how to do that as well. I will go to the parties and like hang with people and if I have an honest rapport with somebody, you know, yes. it's great. But, like, Edgar Wright's a really good friend of mine. and the Are oh, you trying reason, to work Edgar Wright? Yeah, Edgar you're Wright. You're working, I'm Edgar, working Wright Edgar Wright. Now. I oh, see. I've mentioned Edgar. I've mentioned all yeah, <laughs> Thomas Anderson. That's good. I, I don't have friends who are directors. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, another like, I'm good buddies with you. Yeah. Um, and you're another nothing. Uh, you know, let's see. I'm Damien. Uh, of course. Uh, let's see. But um, you're not trying to career um, off of me. I'm not getting a career off any of this. Um, but, yeah. I I. But but it is it is kind of a, a thing that, you know, Edgar and I just had like a natural rapport where we started talking about, uh, you know, movies. And yeah. then it, you immediately click in and then he's like, I'm going to go see, what was the Tony Scott Denzel Washington movie where he... Um, oh, wait, Ma- Ma- uh, Man on Fire? Man on Fire, the one where it was it had a sci-fi element to it. It starts with a D, I'm blanking. Anyway, uh, Jim could... Jim, Jim Caviezel Conviesel was in it. He was the bad guy in it, and I'm blanking on it. Anyway, yeah. we went and saw that, and we're like, "Oh, I know the movie Domino." Dominant. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no, no.
0: That's the, but that is Tony Scott. That's Tony. A Tony yeah, Scott? Yeah, yeah. Everybody,
2: the comments on this will have it all written out. I'm blanking on the name of the movie, but um, but uh, anyway, we went and saw that together, and then got. You know coffee afterwards and then we just you know we become friends and it's just like very natural you know
0: Yo, yeah, well, you and i used to live a couple blocks from one another yeah, yeah. and then we would just see one another and just yeah. stand in the like almost rain and just talk for a long
2: time about movies yeah, yeah. about movies this movie and we like this movie and, and, and i thought it was other amazing others.
0: that you would actually had figured out the way i walked home so you could stand right in that yeah, spot yeah and pretend
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh brian Oh, hi. Yeah. Is this your building? <laughs> you just pretend. That- oh, I was just, I was just taking a nap here. You have to, just so... Some people had to step over me to get yeah. into the building. What are you working on? That's really, I think. How do I connect to you? <laughs> How, do <I> connect you? <laughs> How do I connect to you? Uh, How do I connect to you? That's hilarious. That's yeah. a nightmare question. Yeah. How do I connect to you? How do we,
1: like... That's a nightmare you know, question that you yeah. must
0: get. That's spoken by somebody um, that's so good, Hater, because that that uh, that question has, like all the sweatiness of a salesman wannabe yeah. writer like you know yeah. someone who who you go like oh this was a really nice interaction and then yeah. oh that
2: yeah. yeah how do we how do I like keep you in my orbit oh you know? and, and
0: your answer to them could could be simple well um, am uh, just work really hard and get really good at something yeah yeah <laughs> and-
2: but yeah it's the thing you, you work hard and it's like yeah you get lucky and you know what I mean like that's kind of like what ends up happening is like you just have to kind of constantly be out there and you get lucky that's kind of my answer. Most of the time when people come up to me and they do that, I'm, I, it's very nice. They're very polite. And, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, I give out but, my
0: email address and I always I'm, – I'm happy to answer questions. But you know, you're uh, a real famous person and only like real geeks um, who – you know people who love podcasts or like are interested in what screenwriters have to say want to ask me questions. And I always say as long as you don't send me. Uh, like a screenplay, an an idea, anything else I will like endeavor to engage because I remember how much it meant to me if somebody would interact in in that way. But the problem is you can see, you could feel how easy it can just – turn term
2: yeah and i i i my kind of thing is I, I will hang with someone as long as i can relate to them you know what i mean if I, I could put myself in their shoes and the way they're talking to me like oh that's how i would be if i ran into somebody and the yes. minute i would have never said will you read this or what's your email address or can i take a picture or can i do this i would never say those things um i take pictures with people but i, I it's Um, I would never go over to someone while they're having dinner with their wife. (laughs) Which that's the one—the one I—I'm always like, "Wow!" As you'll—and this has not happened a lot, but you know, sometimes people will come down and sit with you at dinner. I'll be at. A restaurant with my wife and I've had people come over and just sit with us pull up a chair and sit with us and you're like no what and you mean, have to man? be like no 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 we're not doing this <laughs> you know <laughs> you have to be like you have to just shut it down immediately like oh don't do this don't do this that's the Did best thing ever that somebody would actually come sit at the table hey man let me tell you something I remember uh I first moved to LA um I had a friend and and he, his friend, we were all eating, and his friend was like, whoa, Josh Hartnett's over there. And I was like, oh, yeah. And the, his, my friend's friend got up and walked over and just sat with Josh Hartnett. And I was like, oh, dude, this is so embarrassing. And I remember he came back, and he goes, um, he didn't give me his number, but I gave him my number. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I can't hang out with these people. You know what I mean? But I remember being in that place of moving to, I moved to L.A. and just, oh man, like there's so-and-so, like, gosh, how do, how do you break in but not seem like a douchebag and all these things? And uh, the answer, what I found, was just, oh, just start doing work and then it accumulates and then suddenly you realize how kind of small the world is and someone finds out about this and then everybody, Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, do like, do, do the know.
0: thing, create whatever the thing is you want to create, if it's writing or if it's directing, find a yeah. way to get on sets. And I want to ask you about that, uh, something about the the – you know, PA I, I, being a PA and that transition that happened for you. But, um, I will say when I was young, I did go up to people sometimes I would never ask for anything, but I did the one that was really difficult. And I don't know that I've told this. I don't think I've told this before on this, on the podcast. Uh, Bill Murray was my biggest hero, you know, when I was yeah, yeah. young and, and stripes, I'd watch stripes yeah over and over and over again. And I made a promise to myself when I was like 14 or 15 that, uh, I would do a thing if I ever saw him in person. Right, but then I was like thirty-five.
2: You still had that. You still had that thing with yourself. You were just like I was a professional. Like I had been making movies for five years. Yeah,
0: and um, I saw him in a Nick game, and I just thought, like you know, the the fourteen-year-old version of me would never forgive myself, and so I went up to him. And I said chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. When yeah. I do, it's usually something pretty special. Yeah. Now I know I always lose chicks to guys like you. It's not just the yeah. uniforms you wear, it's the stories you tell. Yeah, and right. I did the whole speech. <laughs> and then I just turned and walked away. Uh he clapped me on the shoulder uh-huh. and um and I turned and walked away. Right. And um then years later, Elvis Mitchell took me to dinner with him, uh-huh. and I made no mention of it. Right, <laughs> I was such yeah, a coward yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't. I didn't tell him yeah. that, that I was a lunatic who'd gone. I, just acted I like went a up to the game,
2: and, yeah. I just acted yeah. like
0: I was a total like yeah.
2: mellow. Oh well, we're fellow. We
0: both we all make movies. Yeah, yeah, we're grown yeah. Ups.
2: Yeah, we're grown ups. Um, yeah, that's the I. Yeah, I relate to that where you just you see someone you're like this is the only chance to ever say something to this person that really I love their work, and then you yeah. I've chicken out. I just you I won't just do don't. it. The I'm only not time I ever to did anything. Somebody, but you won't. I did once see Michael Schulwalter at an airport. Right. And when I saw Michael Schulwalter in an airport, and I was a big fan of the movie What Hot American Summer, and I said, yeah. "You're great." And I just kept walking. <laughs>
0: but you were—I mean, you were famous by then. No, right? no, no. Oh, you, no, no. No. you weren't.
2: This was, i was a PA. I was actually—I just dropped off. I was working on the show Surreal Life. Yeah. And I just dropped MC Hammer off at the airport.
0: Balloon pants or no balloon no, pants? No, no balloon pants. This okay. is
2: hammer, right? And uh, I dropped him off at the airport, and then saw Michael Scholl-Walter and was like, "You're great." And I got in my car, and was like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> no, it's good that you did it." <laughs> I've done. I mean, I've, t- I've I've done a few of them, uh, a, a few of those kind of things, because I don't know. Sometimes it's good to actually remind yourself of the fan inside. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I mean, at the time, now I kind of, you know. We'll go over and say hi. We're like at the Golden Globes after party. Another big name job. Uh, uh, Harrison Ford came over to me and Kristen Wiig and we're like, you guys were so funny up there whatever. And I was like, I, I was totally starstruck. Well, that starstruck. must have been amazing. Did you, totally starstruck.
0: Did, and and, and were you, did you say something back to him?
2: Yeah, yeah. We talked for a little bit and it was very nice and everything. But yeah, I mean I was super starstruck. I was just like like well, oh you've
0: had I mean I was doing SNL, you met all these people and interacted with them and yeah, worked you, with them.
2: It's so funny that the first time you meet him on the Monday pitch meeting, you're starstruck and then by Friday, you know, you're working together and it's just kind of, you know. No, the
0: ones that keep the ones yeah. where you're still starstruck by the end, they, they must really be packing some kind of like yeah. combination of charisma
2: and yeah. No, yeah, there are people like that that I mean there were people like you know, like Steve Martin or people like that. But Steve Martin was so um or Martin Short was a big one too. Sure, yeah when he hosted a, I mean all week we were just I was freaking out. Um but uh, Steve Martin, you know, was is so kind of well, yeah. How could you ever be, be pals with? But how could yeah. you ever like think of yourself as pals with? Steve he's Ford? very funny, but he's very you know kind of shy and sweet, and, sure. and wants to talk about books. And oh yeah, I did like that, you know, or whatever. you know. He's very kind of you know. He's just great guy. at everything, though. I mean, he's yeah. one of those
0: people who's just right. I mean, there's yeah. nothing he's not great at. <laughs> I
2: know. He's just like like
0: if he told you that yeah. he was going to compete in the biathlon,
2: you'd be like, "Why?". Well, yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's like don't yeah we're all screwed (laughs) i mean he there's
0: nothing you know the guy's like i'll write a book and then it's perfect it's perfect
2: yeah he's kind of but his book born standing up i i felt that was i remember finishing that book and going i really wish that i had read that book when i was 15 it would have changed my life you know i would have gone in performing sooner i would have gone in i would have done so much earlier you know in my career if i had read that book
0: i feel that way about that book about Stephen Pressfield's book The War of Art. There are a few of these oh, books yeah. where I and, and born standing up you're right. It's such um uh, it it's it's um it's such a map for the internal uh, interior life of an artist of what yeah. you have to do, the steps you have to take, how you have to think about your whatever your craft is yeah. to get to the next level. I mean, yeah. just the way he talks about how he got from Disney yeah, and, and it took work. each of these steps, and what yeah. listening to you know how when you hear, and okay, this dovetails right into something I want to ask you, which is you know and how when you you know when he heard Nichols and May – like that whole part when he heard Nichols and May, yeah, and he realized oh, I mean it's kind of like the thing you said about realizing about the director, he went like, oh, you can, you can do that thing, yeah, and instead of feeling defeated by it, yeah, he felt inspired. Yeah, by
2: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, is that you you do get inspired by things and going, well, what, what, where do I in this thing like cross, you know, like where, where is like the Venn diagram of me in this thing? Yeah. You know? When I
0: was deciding, I mean, I have a few of those, like, um, when I was in college, I saw, um, she's got a habit and raising Arizona. Oh wow. Very, yeah. And and that was when I, I realized, cause I'd only, the where I grew up, there were no art theaters. I only saw kind of like big movies. My yeah. dad and I would watch a lot of Westerns and war movies on the weekend together. Yeah. Like, um, You know, just on TV. So I would see old movies, but we were just watching them for kind of like the who gets shot and for like the the code amongst men thing that we would talk about. But like seeing those two movies, and then, but you know, I still wasn't a filmmaker. And then when I saw Pulp Fiction, and the moment that Uma makes the rectangle on the screen, yeah, I mean, it was a head exploding moment of possibility. Yeah, why can't you do that? Everything – like, it wasn't yeah. a thing where I was like, I have to oh, – like, oh, I have to figure this out. I, I'm ready. Yeah. I have to go – Be, you can do anything. I have to figure out how to make yeah. movies. I have to figure out how to write them. You know. Yeah, you see,
2: and you see, like – and then the, what I always found funny as a part of, like, it's like, archaeology or something, you, you, you trace back, you know. So I would watch those Tarantino movies. I remember my dad and I renting – two movies when I, I had a very similar relationship with my dad we rented you know two action movies right. and one of them was uh reservoir dogs and watched that and went wow what is that you know and so i was already hip to like pulp fiction before it came out oh. i had this soundtrack yeah. before the movie came out and, and and it would have lines from the movie scenes from the movie but i hadn't seen the movie yet so i go what does royale with me and so it was kind of like Seeing your favorite band in concert when the Royal with Cheese scene came on the theater, I was like, Oh, this is where that fits in. And so there was all this, um, hype for that movie. And then getting into it, and then reading articles with Quentin Tarantino and saying, Oh, he loves, you know, Jean Luc Godard and sure. he like Godard movies. And then that thing with Uma Thurman doing this, you go, Oh, I right, see. That's what a reference, yeah, of that, course. That I okay, know, band yeah, of apart, course. that's this, yeah, of that's course. that, you know, it's and all those French and Weave guys going, Why can't you just have someone? Break the fourth wall and come in and say, yeah. Yeah,
0: of course, knowing the reference, which I then learned after, right? I saw those French Like in 94, when that movie came out, um, I had not seen all those French movies. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen a couple, but I hadn't really. That's what led me back to all those films. Yeah, and
2: you get something. At least I get a lot out of those. I I, I love watching those kind of movies. I mean, it
0: is a dizzying thing, and it is a thing that – if you're willing to sort of like – everybody has these moments where some they interact with some sort of art, um, a movie, a record, a book, and they're opened up. They're cracked open, right? Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. And then if you can somehow force yourself to stay open.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And And the funny thing is like you work in the industry sometimes and you realize – I naively realize like, oh – all the people making the decisions are all like me, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, and then you go and you meet people and they're like, they haven't seen, you know, no, well, the samurai or oh, whatever. Well, yeah. I had a
0: meeting with a really top guy at a studio once. And I asked him this question. I mentioned, um, one of the Melville movies, or maybe I mentioned Rafifi or something. And, uh, uh, or, you know, Jules Daston movie or something, and and he was like, I haven't done my French movie, period. I mean, Jules right, was, right. was an American, but, you yeah. know, he was associated with all those guys. He's like, I haven't uh, done my study of the French films yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. He was running a studio, and I, I thought, boy, that it doesn't have to be a study. Yeah. If you love movies, like, yeah. come on, man, go and uh, check that stuff. Yeah, that, it's, that it doesn't have to out. be
2: work. It doesn't have to be work. It shouldn't, but yeah. that is the truth, though. It's just, it. it is a... It's just a thing that happens, but then you realize the thing that there's, you know, you want to make, a lot of times you got to make it for a price. That's why I learned the Coen Brothers did it so good because they would just make things at such a price where they could get away with kind of these more art house kind of things. And now, like, what Quentin's doing is so crazy where it's, like, these bigger scale kind of art house. Well, yeah, you have that, and then you have
0: Damien you know, Chazelle making Whiplash.
2: Yeah, totally. And, you know, I mean – um, which is like a musical and I met him and talked to him and I'd right. find out he loved musicals and um, uh, that made so much sense to me I was like oh yeah it is like that whole thing we're musical. recording
0: this on Sunday and and um, it'll be up Tuesday and tonight uh, there's a movie at Sundance that my wife wrote and um, it's in competition it's called oh. I, Smile, I Smile Back starring oh, wow, great. Sarah Silverman and I can't be there because I'm shooting this pilot um, Billions now for, for Showtime so I have to be on set first thing tomorrow morning but we made that movie, the one that's at Sundance. Dave and I uh, produced it with our friend Mike Harrop. And, you know, for nothing, in this tiny yeah. little thing where everyone kicks in. And it, it is incredible that you can, the way with cameras now, there are no barriers. It's unreal. No, yeah. When you're saying that people oh. should work, right? There are no barriers to getting this done 100%. Now.
2: And, and that was the thing. Um, there's a guy named Mark Potts who uh, worked on my wife's movie, the movie To Do List, and yeah. he's from Oklahoma. And I was just chatting with him, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I've made um, a couple of features. And And I go, what? And in Oklahoma, with his friends, with, like, a little camera, they made feature films, like, feature-length films. And with each film, I sat and watched all of them. And with each film, they just – you saw, oh, this guy's learning. He's getting better and better. And so he made – another film called Cinema 6, and I said, I'll go do something in it. Like, I'll do a little uh, part great. in it, you know? Just to, like, hang with these guys, and it was so cool seeing these guys who are from Oklahoma who don't know how things work, you know, and realizing that, oh, all you need is like, a cameraman, a sound man, and well, two two friends to kind of like yeah, well, they grab actually, equipment They do know how it. things work. They they're better. No, they're fact, more like Stanley Kubrick than yeah, we are. Like right. Stanley Kubrick has a super small crew. Had a super small yeah. crew. Everything else. They actually. You're right. They're actually they are actually. St- they get it. They yeah. don't. You don't need all these people. And no, I was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. That you yeah. Guys somebody are doing
0: asked this. me. They go, um, someone who was came up to us because uh, we're making this pilot now, and um, probably the pilot costs sixteen times what. The movie we made, yeah. Costs. And somebody came up to us and they were like, "What's the difference in the size of this crew?" And I, I said, well, "There were four people making." I yeah. smile back. Yeah. at Sundance tonight. I mean, yeah. you know, four people in the crew or five people in the crew—that's yeah, it. That's it. That's, yeah. Uh, if you have, if you if your vision is specific enough, if you're really telling yeah. the story that you need to tell, yeah, right. You can you you can do it without having to deal with. Um, yes, you need to find a way to raise some money, but. Uh, but I think, like, if you have enough passion and you can express that passion in an intelligent and committed yeah. way and give people a sense of confidence that, that it is a story you have to tell, they will support that vision.
2: Totally. A hundred percent. And if you can get – I mean, what I loved about these guys, which you don't – I feel now, especially, like, when you work on bigger budget things, um, you don't get a second chance. It's this fear of – if my first movie doesn't work – I don't – no one's ever going to give me money again to like yeah. divvy things. And I thought it was so cool that these guys were just kind of making their own rules and there's more people like that. And they go, I have a website. We put all our stuff up on a right. website and this is what we're going to do. And then hopefully someone will see this. And, I, I mean, I know who Mark Potts is. Other people now know yeah. Mark. You know, Akiva Schaffer so watch yeah, some if, of his stuff. Of course the
0: line between delusion yeah. and art. There's I mean, a big very, one. Yeah, there's a know, thin one. Soon you're making Coven.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's, I, but Is that what I, it's called an American Coven, movie? Coven? Yeah. <laughs> but you know. I have no problem. I think, I don't know. I'm of the mind. I love that. I'm you like, love Coven? I, I love, like, I want five Covens. I, I'm into that. But I I like those kind of I movies. I love American movie. I love um, American movie, but I also will go see Coven in a midnight screen. You <laughs> will. be like oh wow well you know what? he got kind of a cool performance out of that weird old guy you know what I mean like I'm but, isn't but the I, that's me but that's the me time,
0: but isn't it nightmare all the time that we're all like a moment away from being like Troy Duffy
2: yeah, uh, yeah which yeah, is yeah. for
0: me the best of those doc- What's the, do you remember what his do- the documentary um, about Troy is called um He's pulled off amazing stuff. He made Boondock Saints, which, you know, is a very oh, important oh, overnight, movie Overnight, Overnight. Overnight. That movie's yeah. a very important movie to people. I understand why, but when you watch—
2: but uh, Yeah, I, I, I never find that I'm—I uh, will never become Troy Duffy. <laughs> I don't think—if I, I would have become Troy Duffy, it would have happened in 2005. I'm the opposite. I'm like more of the, like I was saying earlier. People were like, "You can like you know, <laughs> Bill like go. Why would it <laughs> have happened in 2005? Oh, that's when I got SNL and stuff. But uh, like, you would have loved. You yeah, mean the Megalomania would have yeah, Megalomania right would have started right then. Yeah, if it was ever going to happen with me. But you know, I will
0: never be Troy Duffy. It's definitely going to be a pull quote from this interview. Yeah, Bill Hader.
2: I will never be Troy Duffy, and then Troy Duffy's going to call me up. Hey. He'll play acoustic um, guitar really loudly in your yeah. face. sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I did it was a leading question uh no well, but he he's you know I I but that is a very cautionary kind of movie you know that it, that but I get the emotions of that movie of course 100%. Tried to work I will system, say that I will I don't think I can relate to what the guy did because I don't but I fully relate to the pressure of that and surrounding yourself with people you can trust and not understand and being out of whack and now people are talking about me and what you know um oh yeah i think like the choices that, puck, that troy you know? made
0: to and overnight is a really worth seeing actually it's totally worth seeing very interesting uh compelling look at at what happens when you start to believe the the you know when you buy into sort of like a manufactured version of your of yeah yourself. it's one thing to have to create an image to succeed but another thing to to believe it but also the, the other thing that troy knew and this is why troy is also a hero of that movie as much yeah. as it's absurd is um he actually knew he expressed something in that film that 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 there were people who needed that film yeah i'm not like i don't understand boondock saints yeah but you know there are fanatics for that movie. oh no I, yeah, it no. matters to people and it's people. like he was right
2: yeah. In a way. In a way, yeah. But you could
0: see why that would drive you
2: crazy. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I think he also – I mean, you can't say that he's not being super genuine during that movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's never – No, I know. It's a very, That's why I feel the, the emotions of what he's going through. I, I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. You want to, like, surround yourself with your, your gang and you don't want to – you want to feel kind of – I get why – Seth Rogen has Evan Goldberg. I totally get that. It's like I need someone that just, you know, gets me and anchors me and makes me – like I will never be as funny as my best friend from – since I was 13. Mine is a guy named Duffy Boudreaux who's known – we've known each other since Do you write together? Yeah, yeah. We talk. Yeah, and he's great and he's, you know, 50 – we've known each other since we were 15 and you're just – and he calls me on my (laughs) shit. And is just like no And he lives in Seattle And he doesn't really understand You know you'll work with people Who've worked on tons of movies Or TV shows And there's a thing that happens Which I get this way It's I mean I don't know If it's jaded or whatever But you, you do get this kind of thing Of they'll, they'll never go for that th- th- This is what we, you gotta do or You know what I'm saying And you've done uh, You know what I mean It's like you get this kind of um, uh, uh, Rules in your head Of how uh, stories should be told Yeah and it's great to talk to my buddy in Seattle who just watches everything and he's like no that makes no sense don't do that no it's this and you go oh yeah you're right you know oh. i've been in too many meetings you mean you find you know? yourself
0: at times um, coming up
2: putting putting
0: artificial limits on yeah.
2: on the bounds of like your creativity oh, 100% how what do you mean I, it came from me to be honest and i think a lot of people can re- relate to this and it has nothing to do with the institution of the place but at snl you would have that happen where you would try something and it would fall on its face horribly. Yeah. And you would go, I'm never gonna do that again, because that doesn't work with this audience. you know. And then you're writing going, now I'm writing for this audience, which is different than the audience at UCB, different from the audience of your friends, different from the audience even of people who watch it at home or online. The whole show is for that live audience. I have to make that live audience laugh. So how do I make that live audience laugh? and once my head started to go into that place my writing really suffered and thank god John Mulaney came in right at right. that time and John kind of like my friend Duffy was just like this hilarious stand up comedian who like was like oh no it's this and you're like yeah that's funny what am i blah, blah, blah. sorry yeah you're right you know and then you just do what's funny like if and you give you a
0: second life there
2: 100% if you had told me if you had pitched me Stefan right I'm like, okay, so low-energy character, character, never works with the audience. Um, clearly, you know, kind of like on drugs, and it's a very dark character, you know. We, it doesn't work with the audience. Talking about stuff that makes no sense Sure, doesn't work with our audience, you know. And, and so we tried it initially as a sketch, and that's why it didn't work, because it was this thing where the audience was like, what is Right, it was on? the third
0: time that it hit, right? Yeah,
2: we did it on update, but... Melanie was the one that was like, "Let's do it on update," and you go right to camera, and and you just start listing. Shit. That's funny, and so, but but that's my point of of uh I put all these limitations on myself because I just went, well, how do I make you guys laugh instead of like, what's making me laugh and what is like fulfilling to me, and I, I do get caught in that rut sometimes, and I and and so my thing is. Surrounding myself with people who go No, dude, it's this And a lot of times, to be honest, it's my wife Because she's really funny and a really right. funny writer yeah. And she'll be like, no, why? you're overthinking it It's oh, this, you know man. And I, I do, I, I fully know I'm that I'm not that way performing Performing is a totally you're different you're tapped animal. into a different You're just letting it go you're, you're, yeah, 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 you just, you know, like uh, Skeleton Twins, I did that yeah. movie It was like, you know, you figure out the character And now you're ta- you go, okay, this is my guy And this thing, and I trust This director and Kristen and everybody to kind of say, "Hey, we're going off track here. We're going, you know, whatever." Right, but also
0: as the, the, there's no way you'd do that movie if you were thinking about the constraints of what's expected, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that movie's about a. a, I mean, you know, your character is uh, okay with the fact that he had a relationship
2: with a, a, a. his teacher, teacher when yeah. he was a child i mean yeah. so 15 well yeah that was and the thing that i liked that was helpful with me was i that that aspect of it and it kind of fits into this a little bit not constraining yourself was i said uh i started to do it a little bit when i was talking to the director craig johnson and i said so i had sex with my male teacher who's straight when i was 15 that's pretty rough um and, uh, and I don't care. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you don't care. And I was like, okay. And Craig is gay. And, but Craig explained to me. He goes, look, you were out at right. 15. Um, out and proud at 15. You live in Nyack, New York. Ha- no, there's, Who are you going to have a relationship with? Do you know what I mean? And a lot of gay men go through this where they're like, I don't know who I'm going to have a relationship you know with. It has to be an older man who's out. Do you know what I mean? And older, even like in the early 20s or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? So like – But what's great about
0: that as a directing – so that's brilliant directing on his part. Yeah. Because um, he's telling you in that moment and even though he's sort of expressing it to you in a very rational way. Yeah. He's kind of helping you understand the way your character would think. But yeah. the movie says something very different.
2: Different. The movie is totally different. The, the movie's
0: movie, not making that point. The movie's no. making the opposite point. The, well, the Kristen's the, character... No, but you're, the movie is making the point that, yes, it was the obligation of the teacher. The, the movie, yes, expresses that for you... You're not aware that this was an abusive thing, that it was
1: so wrong
2: right, for the character. That he's that saying from my point of you, view. Right, but because right, yeah.
0: you, what you should have had as a 15 year old out person was the ability to find a 15 year old person to have. Yeah. That but his point was, was
2: like, that's impossible for you and you have to get it out somehow. So it's going to be with this guy. And, but I clearly don't know that that guy's taking advantage of me. And that this guy, you know what I mean? But he's saying it from here is from your point of view. Here's how you're feeling. And I'm sure if he's talking to Ty, he'd be like, well, here's from your point of view. You're straight and everything, but you're kind of into this, you know, 15-year-old kid. Like, yeah, you know. So it was this interesting thing, but I started to kind of go, oh. But then once he explained it to me, you kind of, like, open up more. And I go, oh, he's thought about this, so I trust him. And I'm I just going to do it. I'm just going to do it because I trust him. But when you're in charge of writing the thing – and you're creating the thing, and you're kind of that, you know, you're st- no. the steering wheel. I, I have a tendency, and I know it from being on SNL, to definitely defer to the audience, and I feel like that's a dangerous. Place well, yeah, it's like
0: how do you build a, a practice that allows you the freedom for at least a couple hours a day to create without thinking about how it lands? Yeah,
2: yeah, and it just is a thing that just got in my head because you do get sick of. Your stuff just not going well in front of the audience, you know? And you're just like, how well, so do Well, it I...
0: trains you to want to
2: appease. Appease. And then you have people I really respected, like Will Forte, who just did not give a shit. Will Forte was like, I don't care if they laugh or not. This is for me and John Solomon, who I wrote this with, and we're just—this makes us laugh.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you that know? child molester character he played is one of my favorite things ever. And I'm oh, sure it was yeah. a battle to get it on every time. Oh,
2: yeah. every Everything Will did was always the funniest thing on Wednesday, and you always knew the audience— like I mean, 20 percent of the audience halloween, would be into it the
0: halloween version of that with, with, with john Han- ham is yeah. like an all-time classic, the, classic yeah
2: colin here. jost and forte and some other guys wrote that yeah where he was a um he was, he was a guy dressed up as a child molester who had to go door to door to get say he was a child molester it was his ploy <laughs> to not have to go door to door yeah and he's like i am but i'm yeah i'm a i'm not a child molester. I'm a guy. Trust me, but will you please just sign that we met each other just just now, for my costume. costume? Now are you saying you're are
0: a, you child, saying a child
2: molester? He goes, no. Bah, not, bah, bah,
0: bah. Bah. Lighten up. Lighten up. Well, I'm guilty of anything. It's only <laughs> having inappropriate sexual. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, you could feel that um guys as they get to the end of their time there are sort of like willing to just, you know. Yeah. Take those risks I, more. Maybe yeah. at the beginning and the end of your Oh,
2: hundred percent. My the first four year my first four years at SNLI was going, I'm going to be fired any moment. Right. Like I'm going to I'm going to be walking down the hall and they're going to be like, pack your bags and go But home. okay,
0: I yeah, I again I know you, you've told this before and I I I know that Lauren then told you that thing at the at the party and it yeah. settled down that you were okay. But what's interesting to me about this, and I wonder how you um How you manage the idea, because to me, when when you talk about, and I've uh, talked to you about this stuff, um, you know, in in private, too, uh, you know, anxiety, the worries of, like, whatever, keeping your life going and show (laughs) business is unstable. Yeah. But, like, um, that level of anxiety and then also the um, desire to get lost watching movies, those are things that are escapes from the present. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. They are, because you're worried about... yeah.
2: It's like a distraction. Yeah,
0: it like is um, it's a way of medicating yourself. I mean, yeah. Like high, yeah. deep anxiety is a way of m- yeah. medicating yourself, yeah. especially when it's not re- – you weren't yeah. getting fired. You
2: were you, no, understanding I had,
0: O's from the beginning. Um, um,
2: yeah, but I, I always had uh, – the anxiety fueled the work, you know what I mean? It was like this thing where it's like if I wasn't anxious, then there was something wrong, you know what I mean? That's what you thought. That's what I th- – well – do you still
0: think that you need to use the anxiety?
2: Um, I think I use the anxiety. I it always helps me to stay focused on things. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, if I went, you know, um, like for instance, on Skeleton Twins, or well, here's an even better example. Um, it hasn't aired yet, but I last Friday I shot um, two sketches for the Inside Amy Schumer show. Right, and I um you know i could go in there and just like just f- around and you know i mean it's like that's the kind of idea around it. you just kind of go in and it's fun it's your friend and you're messing around or whatever but on the flight here from LA i was trying to figure out just out of the anxiety i was like i want it to be good i just i really want this to be good like here's my How can ideas. i make it good how how can i make it good but i also know from experience you don't want to dump that on the people because then they're going, okay, whoa, 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 wait, let's just, you know, calm down. So it's like, it's just something for me in the back of my head that I've made choices, essentially. Yes. I've made hard choices, and I'm going to try them out and see what they think. But I got to think about those choices. That's and super then, professional. You, you know. I mean, that's just
0: being really focused yeah, as an artist. But, but I, how is that anxiety? Uh,
2: but that I guess— The anxiety comes in of not wanting it to be bad, and then I picture it being bad. But
0: then, you're, but then you have these other, like— um, Like I wonder about those uh, the other forms of anxiety of like how do I keep this whole career going? Am I getting oh, fired? Yeah. And whether that's because now that you have you have kids and a, a yeah. family, is I, I noticed that in your work, in your as you act as in dramatic roles and, and on SNL, even the ability that they all knew they could put whatever they wanted on those Stefan cards and you could react to it and yeah. everything, like your work is so much about you really being present. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I really feel you. Is it? But I I wonder because I've seen you sometimes in in life, and I just wonder if being present in real life is a
2: <laughs> is hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is difficult. Yeah, I mean it is difficult because you're so there's just so you just feel like the whole is such a tenuous thing. You know, this what? whole just this whole business is such a weird tenuous thing where you're kind of like my dad worked in an air freight company and he knew. Every day he would go into work and go yeah. home and there'd be money and at the end of the year it'd be this or that or whatever. And um you know, all it takes for me and my job is like if somebody just suddenly just they don't like me, you know what I mean? Then you're like, what are you gonna do? You know? mean is whatever
0: but what do you think like what do you think makes you comfortable going to that place as opposed to staying for like 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 um what would it take for you to be able to cast that off? I wonder.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. Man, my wife would love it if I cast it off. Um, no, I. I. You know what it is? It's. It's kind of just. It's the anxiety is a way in a weird way. It, it like keeps me in line. It's bad, but it keeps me in line some way with my career. But I do think that like, it's. You know, it's so funny to say this because this was. I don't know if you're – it was my kind of, like, New Year's resolution to be, like, present. <laughs> oh, no, like, I know. That. Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. spoken to you since New Yeah, Year's. yeah. But I that was kind of, like, you know. I, I, I know. Like, I just observed like, It have... I was like, I want to be more present in my life instead of kind of, like, always thinking, like, Eighty steps ahead of everything because it's just not a fun place to live. I
0: could tell because you know you and I have this odd friendship in that we've had about eight really long conversations. Yeah, but we don't know each other. Yeah, that well. yeah, yeah. But our, our conversations
2: are usually based around our 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 neuroses. Yeah, and I mean, anxieties. If we have these like yeah. really long, like yeah. intense
0: commas. So like I've you know you walk away from those and you kind of like think yeah. about them. And yeah. so I, when I was coming here, I was like, you know, I I think this is his. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that yeah. that like knowing you have these little kids, like this thing of um letting yourself just live for right. like
2: in this moment like yeah my uh yeah like my daughter will do something and i just am like that's so awesome and you have that, like those kind of moments and you just and i've gotten to be totally honest yeah. i've gotten and my wife said this when i said that as my new year's resolution she was like you're but you're like you're better. doing it good since we've moved in la you ever since you've been off snl you've been like great because at snl it was just this constant thing of like um i never want to phone it in i never want it to be i just whatever you give me i just want to do the best job i can it really just would come down to that (laughs) and so i um and i had so much anxiety about that show that it was very hard for me to do it sometimes i mean i would have panic attacks on air and i mean i was very um and it wears you down that show it's really hard but um Once I left the show, we moved to L.A., and then it was kind of like, oh, I have this time where I can just be with my family. I can kind of hang out. I I went and rode at South Park and chilled with those guys, and I was able to kind of go, hey, everything's okay. Hey, everything's all right, you know? And to be honest, my wife is just really – Great, and she's very good at like very open and being like, "Hey, we're we're good. You're good. Right. Everybody good. No, you know yeah, what I mean?" And yeah. I I need that. Um Even if I wasn't on SNL, even if I wasn't an actor, I think I would need that. You know, she would need I, somebody yeah, yeah. to be
0: like a um, a force toward saying like, "You're here now. Yeah, we're this here now. Great. Everything's
2: fine. You're good." I my brain just and every in of my family is a little bit this way, you know. And this is like a very trivial way to say it, but it's like if you go on a vacation, we don't have a good time because. My mind is on okay. We arrive Wednesday, Monday, but on Wednesday, we're doing that canoeing thing. So, God, God, we got to get this canoeing thing oh, that's figured you know, out. Uh, my, fa- my, yeah. my
0: kids, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm 19 and uh, almost 15 year old, and they we get along so well. Amy, my wife, all of us, and except um, there's a version of me they call Airport Brian. Yeah, yeah, they that's hate, what, so I become yeah. the worst person in the world because yeah, something about the same wanting to handle that make uh, yeah. it all go I, I lose any semblance of sort of like being ease of ease because i oh it, i'm the worst it, it, uh but i've really worked i work I, very I'm hard and hard i look at, at you yeah. because i look at you and i, I mean you were, when you are present you know you are so smart and interested in everything and 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 uh compelling and because your talent is so prodigious it's like you can just you could chill out a little bit yeah know? I think
2: I I've gotten better at it I've, I, uh, yeah being off SNL helped I think I think it revved it up so much because SNL just in general as well, a I, place I, is stokes up any anxiety but if you are are already a pretty anxious person <laughs> then you start but, SNL, but, but I also really wonder worse.
0: about uh, SNL if it was and and uh, the answer could just be no but you know that is so the life's dream of so many people. Yeah, and it was never your life's dream.
2: No, I mean it was and a I, thing I never thought was a possibility. Yeah, my life's I, we, dream was to be like Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, you want to make movies. Yeah. So I'm wondering
0: if like part of that thing of like living a dream, but it's really some other person's dream. Right. I mean you with don't, like if they made get me some wrong. melancholy, uh, like because you weren't you were killing it on there, and obviously like um so set up for it, your skill set so perfect for it, but it. It, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't your...
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would never go around saying, like, ugh, SNL. I mean, I was flipping out. I was there the whole time, and I was a giant fan of the show. I think it was the irony of, you know, you put so much in this filmmaker basket, and then what happened with me, to be honest, was I, I was in L.A., and I wanted to be a filmmaker. I was playing in this filmmaker basket, and then um, a girl I was dating for seven years, we broke up. And I said, I just got to do something different. And so I got a different basket, which was just improv. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'll just put a couple of the eggs in this improv basket. But everything else is in the filmmaker basket. That's who I am. That's who I am. And then the improv basket led to me in two years getting on SNL. And then it was like, okay, well, filmmaker basket, that <laughs> okay, yeah. we're going to go up here now. So it was kind of this weird thing of like you have to kind of roll with it and go, okay, well, this is kind of where I'm – headed you know and and did, it, and did that worry you
0: that like it was going to be harder like that the was there a point there where because i know you would go home and watch movies was there a point in there where you were trying to figure out well how do i make this how do i become this other thing yeah like yeah you,
2: i a little bit at the beginning yeah i i think and i all have little moments where i go i think i want to make a movie i want to do this and um, and you know i kind of realize like everything you know, like Skeleton Twins, doing a part like that was something I wanted to do yes. for a long time. And I've learned that it's not—it's good to kind of be patient and kind of see where things are going and I get the lay of the land in a way. And and then as anxious as I am, I'm also incredibly patient with stuff. So it's kind of this weird dichotomy, but I, I can, you know, with the career stuff. So I, I think, you know, a couple of years down the line, 10 years from now, maybe I'll make a little movie or something, but... I think You're right gonna now... You're going to wait
0: 10 years, you think, to make a movie? Maybe. Why? I don't know. Why I don't you... know.
2: I said it could take 10 years. I don't know. It could be next year. Who knows? But yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I To me, it's just kind of like, well, where are you at in your career right now? What are people interested in? And then you kind of say... But
0: what are people interested in? I just... Not to... What are people interested in? It gets back to that whole thing of being constrained by expectation. Oh, I don't
2: know. I mean, it's kind of like, well, what I'm into... That. It's kind of like what I'm into at the moment, but... I have to make money for my family. <laughs> no, 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 but <laughs> so why, like, why?
0: What do you mean you have to make money for your family? You could take a, You could take two acting jobs and make money for your family and then go make a million-dollar But I want
2: the movie to be, like, really – I want it to be, like, good movies, and those things don't always, like – You mean you know, when you yeah. go and act, you want it to be for Really, a really, yeah, good thing, you know, and so you want all your stuff, you know – it's like you always want to do stuff that you would go see, and you yeah, know, but we we
0: want to that make that. M- money
2: for our our families.
0: Yeah, we, uh, that's why I go th-
2: do stuff like a T-Mobile commercial. But when you talk to, <laughs> um,
0: well, I thought that was for the love of of, of cell phones of cellular. Uh, stations no, but I I, I like those all over the country. I
1: like
2: those commercials though; they were fun. Did you really just say that? I did. I do like those commercials. They're Good. really fun. They're going to be, and they're going to be happy to know. That. I do. I did like those two guys who made it. Were it's released, fine. It's great.
0: No one's Brian. begrudging the fact that you're making commercials i wasn't bringing up commercials no i like those but my me too we all hold on we all love the like them we love them
2: jonah hill's bit on the roast on me was so funny and now my wife says all the time like not my my boy bill like she said you know it was the best no but but the um
0: but if you ever talked to a filmmaker who said to you hey man i'm for a year and a half I I didn't make the kind of money I was used to but I got to make my film the exact way I wanted to have they ever said like they were unhappy about that choice I don't know no
2: I don't know can you think of anyone
0: who's like because I know like I've had years where I went from being like you know making really um, really great screenwriter like really great money writing yeah and when I've when we went and made Solitary Man it was a year and a half where I basically made nothing and I had you know um, I like afterwards i had to figure out what to do to make dough again yeah but i wouldn't trade it and like i was i felt like the the opportunity to get to actually put whatever it was that i was thinking about dave and i were thinking about as filmmakers on on screen was kind of like worth a couple of uncomfortable
2: years or well i was
0: gonna say uncomfortable nights you know were like moments of wondering well I've taken myself out of the mainstream of this for a while, and how yeah. am I going to get hired again and um, and then we could have turned out badly, and you know we got lucky and that you know people liked it, but yeah um because i, I uh, you know I know you people are what a great collaborator you are, and I know you work uh, on those South Park scripts with, with yeah. those those guys um, and you've described that before as like you're a kind of a counter like you're in there to help them with their vision,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: But have you start, when are you going to sort of write a thing that's your own vision, do you think?
2: I mean, I'm doing it now. We oh, have good. this IFC show, and then I have an yeah. HBO pilot that I'm yes. writing and stuff like that. So and I've been doing that kind of the whole time. I wrote a movie for Judd that was for me, and then at the last second we were like, oh, this isn't really working. So it is a thing that you're doing. I think I get uncomfortable because I have this kind of like, again, it's that ambition thing where it's like I, I get uncomfortable just talking about it because I feel like I'm not – I don't know if it's an Oklahoma thing or something where I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, I just go and do this and we'll say. But, you know, I am doing things for myself. The
0: this directing is
2: my... thing, but the directing thing is something I think because I became an actor and I really enjoyed it and I never saw myself as an actor. And I had to like legitimately – I remember at Sundance last year, Naomi Odenkirk, my manager was like, Bill – so can you now say that you're an actor sure (laughs) you know Because I wouldn't even say I was like oh, I mean yeah I perform a little bit like I was and it's just it's my own I just get uncomfortable and so now it's it's, it's better you know
0: well I wonder what the difference is between like you would talk about um, Herzog or or Kurosawa or, or Melville people or Paul PTA people who like kind of stop at nothing to get their creative vision onto the screen yeah and you wouldn't look down on them for that ambition.
2: No, not at well, all. Would but it, it, r- r- myself, I I, 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 I r- admire r- it from afar. You know, <laughs> but I'm saying
0: you wouldn't even think of it as like careerism, right? It's artistic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's some um, chasing down there. I'm just trying to. I yeah. just want to like give you. Like, I'm wondering if there's a language you could use for yourself even that would make it like it's not pretentious or obnoxious to say like, um, I've I've trained. I've done every job you could do on a movie set. I've Thought about this for years. I've acted, and, yeah. and I want this all to coalesce. And I'm going to do whatever I have to to bring it to fruition because it's a kind of given the best part of myself. Which well, is you what you would just say got, about You those just people. said it
1: for me. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd feel weird saying it. I just feel weird saying. It. I get. I. It is like. I don't know. Maybe there's a way. I but I, I get I get shit for this from other people, definitely. Andy Sandberg is like, You could say you want something, Bill, you know what I mean? And I just I get clammy and go, I don't know, maybe it'll be kind but I am doing it. It's not like I'm not. It's like every day I've been here, uh, you know, any time I have free now, I'm writing something for myself. Because the people who work through
0: I, I I asked Schumer today, I go, Tell me give me a quote that I can throw it hater about mm-hmm. hater. And, I mean, you're cla- here's what Schumer said. She said, uh, he makes every room he walks in feel like magic. There's something about him that makes him completely grounded, but also clearly a star. To be on camera with him makes you feel so held and supported. You're never alone if you're in a scene with him. If you're lucky enough to be his friend, you're forever changed knowing someone out there can always make you laugh and still be the kindest person to come across. Oh, that's sweet. But his impressions are and yeah. he always kind
2: of smells. Yeah, I do smell.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, you know, she's not an easy customer
2: no yeah no but she's also really good i mean that's the thing it's like i i feel like i do my best stuff and i feel good about myself when i'm kind of um you're concentrating on the other person in like a scene or you're kind of like you're concentrating on your you know i don't go online i don't watch the movies i'm in i don't check out i i I kind of I, I like that Jeff Bridges line of, you know, the work is, like, the snake and, like, what you do is, like, the snake skin left behind it. And you can do whatever you want with the snake skin. You can make get a hat, you know, band yeah. or a belt or whatever. But the snake is the important thing. And I think I very naturally have always felt that way, you know. And so it's kind of, like, all this stuff, um, you know, when you get into, like, kind of a meta conversation about it, I, I can't I, – I it's like I – I I get uncomfortable, but when I, but I give
0: the opposite of meta, which is like, um, a very grounded way to think about it is like, um, uh, people want your, like, if you could think about the fact that, um, people would want to, we want your film. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah,
2: I feel like I need to do, it's like the skeleton twins performance. So I would never say out loud, I want to do a dramatic part or I want to do that. I would call my agent and be like, how do I do it?
1: Oh, so, you'll, you scheme. Know, yeah, you'll yeah. scheme behind I'll the scheme. scenes.
2: Oh, I'll go. No, 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 it's not scheming. I'm going to my agent no, saying, How do I get a dramatic yes. part? Yeah, sure. And he says, No one will hire you for that because I just know he's the guy who does yes. Alan Alda on SNL. So, go do table reads. And then I go to a table read, do dramatic table read. A.V. Kaufman sees me, and then I get hired. And then I, so, I, you know, it's these steps that you do. And then once I was at Sundance, and, and, um, I always remember this, and it was very sweet. My wife got choked up. Uh, uh, Kevin Pollack stood up and said, we all knew, you know, at the first screen, is Skeleton Twins, he said, we all knew that, you know, Bill was a great comedian, but how did you know he's such a good, great dramatic actor? And it got a big applause. And um, that was, like, all the validation I needed. And so that was it. I felt validated, and I went, okay, now I can say. And then my agent, my manager said, so now you can say you're an actor. Do you know what I mean? I go, okay, I've been validated. I did the thing. You'll saw it. So I know I can do it great I'm I'm an actor now you know and that night I just remember feeling like I can now hold my head up and say I'm an actor before that I never felt like I had that and I think that's why we talk about making movies I have never made one and I've never had it up and so I feel like I need to do that and let people see it and then people go hey that was all right or that was this but it's like hey I made it I can say like I made a film I am I'm a filmmaker but I've never I've never Right, I've never and, done so it. You're, and so you're, I feel you're, uncomfortable. Are you
0: getting ready now, though? Now that you've so checked the box of okay, I'm a dramatic actor. You've checked the box of um, I've helped guys write their own their movies. Yeah. I've now been and in learned in a lot. Train wreck. I have a huge yeah, on yeah. you know, playing opposite Amy in this big yeah. movie by an A list director. Yeah, are you getting to the place where you're like, okay, I'm ready to write my own movie. Yeah. I'm ready to go direct. Yeah, the I mean
2: the HBO pilot I'm working on yeah. is very much that. You know, it'd be a thing. Like if it ever went, like I would, you know you know direct episodes of that and kind of you know get excited about that but i'm someone i get very reticent of getting to you know try not to get too ahead of myself like let's just again take it step by step sure. and say right now let's just make sure the idea makes sense and then we'll do this and then we'll see if the pilot even makes sense and then we'll go here and it was the same thing with Trainwreck. like i said or uh um, well, Trainwreck, yeah, same thing with Trainwreck. I read f- which with is Amy, Amy. Sh- Amy Schumer wrote and Chaz Apatow directed yeah. this movie. Yeah, and Amy Schumer is un to give the compliment back. She's unbelievable in the movie. But she, uh, but she doesn't smell. She um, reeks of of uh, of the cheapest tequila and matzo ball <laughs> soup. Um, but she uh, but she you know works you know really hard and does stuff. And and but we we well, I was gonna say I lost my train of thought. We um, had to um, uh, audition. You know, I, you said you read. I I read for that movie, and then flew out to New York. Read again on camera. You know, did like a screen test with her, and then I'm not gonna get excited about it. But if I got this, I'd be like, oh, I'll be like a leading man, romantic leading man part. Never done that before, so that's kind of cool, you know. And then got hired, and then it was like, okay, cool. Now in rehearsals, let's see how rehearsals go. This is like a new thing for me. And then I realized in the movie. I was more effective in the movie if I was not, like, funny. I was, like, more effective if I didn't try to be funny. You mean on camera? On camera. If I didn't try to be funny. Oh, that's great. If I just balanced her out because she is the train wreck of the yeah. movie, um, it just works better, you know? And so it's like, what can I do – you know, to make her look good and then, you know, then I'll look good if she looks good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, I love
0: that, like, you're able to do this sort of analytical work, like, be really in it when you're doing it and then sort of be able
2: to reflect on it. it and me that of, analytical work comes from anxiety. That's what i it probably. It, that's why I'm like, it sucks, but it's like, I would not be that way if I wasn't anxious about it. Well, I, I don't, think, don't believe that.
0: No, I think that um, because anxiety, like the physical manifestations of anxiety – Reading, reading your um, diligence and focus uh, as a need to release those chemicals that make yeah. you feel anxious, I think is not the thing. False. Like I don't think you need to. You are because you've become whether you were anxi- anxiety ridden about whether you could be this professional or not. Right. You are this professional
2: now. Yeah, that is a thing that m- my wife brings up all the time. She's like, I don't think you'd be where you're at right now if you were like you know, as freaked out as you always say you are. I mean, she and I
0: know you best. Yeah. If you really think about it, that's, that's what everyone too. always says.
2: No, but we she say, does say that, like, you're doing, you're you're better, you know. Yeah, no, you can yeah. feel
0: it. But I was thinking about this thing, um, you know, you tell the story about uh, being a PA and then having that moment of realizing it wasn't all magic, it was a process. Yeah. And so a, a smart friend of mine um, um, wondered if that was a disheartening moment, but I read it differently. I I read it as like, oh, if it's a process i can solve it
2: yeah and i
0: can do it
1: someday
2: yeah yeah it made it down to earth it brought everything down to like oh this is very manageable i see um that if i if i'm willing to do turn myself inside out right yeah and and it is a thing that i've learned from working in the south park room i've learned from writing i i helped out um uh, those guys wrote it but i i hung out and kind of helped out in the pixar room a couple of weeks you know on the inside out and that was just watching their That's progress which awesome. was unreal and um but don't, i don't want to give anybody the sense i wrote the movie I, I didn't but uh but we were just being in the room with them watching them work and you realize there's so many false starts you know and i came from tulsa oklahoma thinking naively Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader and and Robert Nero, those—that's all take one. Everything was take one. It was a magic. It was a first thought in their head. Spielberg was like Jaws. The shark worked the whole time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everything was perfect. And it's not. And you get in there and you look at where you started. Um, You know, Matt and Trey when they were doing Book of Mormon, they were they were workshopping that for seven years. And I was lucky enough to go to every single workshop. And watch that thing slowly blossom into what it turned into, but it took seven years. Yeah, and you know, you write, and 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 so it took out the romanticism of it. I, I honestly was like, oh yeah, you know, you, you know, the people getting their legal pad and writing, you know, or I romanticize the process, and then you realize, especially SNL, will knock that romanticism out of you immediately, well, and it, it's just it's building. I, I uh, who who said it? Someone said it to me, I remember I was saying, I was, we were talking about this, and he goes, yeah, it's building a chair, you know? Right. You're building a f***ing chair, you know what I mean? It's like this, people, ha- it has to support the weight of somebody, we're building a chair, it and can be you, anything you want, but it has to support someone. Yeah, weight, if you're you know?
0: willing to just like work harder and harder yeah. and like, you know, yeah. I've had people describe being in the studio with Bob Dylan and and you would think now yes there was a moment in time when those lyrics did just come pouring at him because he yeah. you know was probably the smartest person alive yeah. at that time he just tapped yeah. into something else but let's talk about like Daniel and why I've read read about uh, um, when when they were making No oh Mercy Bob would rewrite those lyrics over and over and yeah. over again and I mean you know I'm sure the first draft of those lyrics was better we're than anything anyone else was writing well, but yeah. it was like uh, when you, when you realize that even the, David Fincher is the best you know if you want to make the argument that Fincher is like one of the you know the best yeah. directors it's like. The level of that just a sheer amount of um unwillingness to settle. Yeah. And sometimes people use that as an excuse to be frozen, but it's not, right? It's um it's get the work out at the best you're capable of at that moment. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. Which is what I would say to you, like get it out and do it. Then yeah. like reattack it and revive oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. I will
2: let you know that is what is happening with this IFC show and the HBO oh, show, which there are We're doing it. If you looked at my desktop, my, my laptop is just tons Great. of That's and exciting. It is fun, but um, obviously, I'm uncomfortable talking about it. But uh, but uh, the the thing that uh, that I thought, you know, to that point is like working with you know Matt and Trey and the Pixar people is it's the same thing. I remember seeing the first draft of Inside Out, and going, "This is wonderful. This is such a smart, sweet movie." And then they put it to the brain trust, which is, you know, John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton and Lee Unkridge and Brad Bird and all these people. And they just, just blew the shit out of it and all for good reason. And then I went, oh, okay, yeah, all right. And they build it back up again, spend another year building it back up. And then they only knock down like 25% of it. And then they build up just on that 25%. But yes. it, But then you hit – in that 25%, there's something that happens that actually now affects the whole thing, but that now makes it stronger, and you're kind of... It's just this long process, and Matt and Trey work the exact same way on South Park, even though we only have six days. Yeah. You are rewriting and writing and rewriting to the last millisecond. Like, Tuesday night, this past season was the first time I ever hung out on a Tuesday night where they're up all night, because yeah. I was a voice in the show, and, and they said, we're rewriting your character, unfortunately... Um, it was this uh, Oculus Rift episode, it was a virtual reality episode, and I was this uh, Indian guy who was the Ocular, Oculus Rift customer service, and I'm giving all the exposition of the episode, basically. And um, and uh, Matt and Trey call me at like nine, or, you know, you gotta come in because it's all changing, like the whole right uh, science behind the thing. We don't like this idea anymore. We have a better idea with this, and then. You just come in this big whiteboard, and it looks like you know Albert Einstein, just arrows pointing at things right. and everything. Yeah, You're just like looking at it, and uh, and they're just still. I, and I just looked at them. I'm like, wow, you guys have been doing this stuff for almost you know 20 years, almost 20 years, <clears throat> and and it just feels like their whole reputation hangs on every joke. They just want it. It to, matters. That it much. matters. The work matters so much to them, and the work trumps." Everything and it doesn't matter anything. And I think that's what drives those guys. And that's what drives those Pixar guys, you know, like uh, Pete uh, Doctor and and Jonas Rivera. Like they live out, you know, Northern California away from Hollywood. And so it's still kind of this magical (laughs) wonderland to them. And I'm like, you know, you guys are the guys who made up. You know, like you made Toy Story, yeah, and they're there. like, you're, you're there. It. You know, so it's kind of like what you're saying to me. It's like, you're there, you're doing good. But, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, but, um, yeah, no, my thing you when feel I'm- like kindergarten again. You feel like you will have a great, ep- like I remember Trey saying, it's like, we'll have an amazing episode. And then we come back in on Thursday to start the next episode, and you're right back to kindergarten. You're like, I'm an idiot, I don't know anything. And I felt the same way at SNL. It was like, have an amazing episode, and then all it would take was I would kill on Saturday, and then I would come in on Monday pitch, and my pitch would fall flat. Uh, and I would go, I'm an idiot. I'm like, I'm not funny. You know what I mean? It just, it's this up and down roller coaster. So once you become, again, the overall question, the romanticism of it, of like, oh, this whole process is so weird, and kind of, it's not, you know, it's not a black and white thing. Well, it's really Well, I,
0: I mean, that's, gr- that's, I mean, to me, that's great to know that you've, like, thought about all that stuff hopefully with an eye towards like knowing you can you know oh yeah interact you're ready to put together and direct oh totally putting the, the yeah. pieces together
2: I think about it, it's funny my wife uh she's right she's writing something right now and she says that she just loves doing bills instead of writing because it's black and white just <laughs> this amount of money goes here and this goes here she's like I just I can my brain can just hand it's like a nice like relaxing thing from having to write something because it's just you don't know but just doing bills i understand yes. so much better than like a character's motivation But those moments when
0: it clicks in and i mean i just is know, the best moment when in the world. it clicks in and we'll, we'll finish up in a, a second I, I know like um you know the documentary dave and i directed on jimmy connors Oh it's amazing that was an amazing documentary thank you um that's nice of you to say but i will say that we were dave was talking about this yesterday um and my son was reminding me too we I would come home editing that and feel like a failure every single day yeah. because you know we were trying to create this structure that wasn't linear and we yeah. knew we were trying to build to that moment with Krikstein. Yeah, And like you're banging your head again, you just feel um bereft and this is I think what is you feel bereft of any talent, any yeah. insight, any yeah. ability. At all. And everyone's w-
2: looking at you going, what do we do?
0: Right up until the moment, <laughs> no. You, you, you would, you know, and, and it affects your every waking minute, too, yeah. somewhere, because you know, like, uh, the answer's out there. Uh, and, uh, but, but you keep banging your, your head against it, and then when you click, when something happens, you go, oh, my, if I just take that thing out. Yeah. I mean, it can be the simplest, that scene shouldn't be there. That character is supposed to be, uh, you know, not supposed to be a lawyer. Lo- like, whatever the little thing is. You just have to show up every day and, like, bang your head
1: against it and take yeah. long walks. And, and
2: hopefully the wall will just go, like, that much. And you're like, oh, we moved it a little bit. Thank God. I mean, it's yep. nice seeing the guys who are amazing at it, like the ninjas at it, still be like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Well, like that's this, the takeaway you, you want people to
0: have, which is, like, this to demystify it in that, in that it takes an incredible amount of effort.
2: Uh, unbelievable effort, and Focus. you live with it. Every writer's meeting would start with Trey coming in going, okay. So I was up all night thinking about this, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I was thinking about this, and here's where we're wrong. You know what I mean? And it is probably. Okay, that's solving. great because he's like
0: the most successful person in the. And they're the most successful people in the world. Who
2: kept their integrity and everything, you know? And, 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 and
0: they're still the, yeah. um, tortured by how to get it right. And Those how
2: guys, to nail it. you sit there and look at their office, and you look at all these awards and like the posters. Like it's not one clunker. It's like Team America, the South Park movie, all these like classic things. And I go, Oh, this is why it's there because they are sitting there and we're trying to figure out like, you know, Kanye West fish dicks episode, which I worked on and the aha moment that, you know, you talk about we're like, Okay, so Cartman made up this joke, like I don't know if you saw this episode, but Cartman makes up a joke. Um you know do you like fish dicks yes. oh yeah yeah no you know, i know like the i know now. the episode yeah. uh, sammy uh, made me watch fish. it and told me all uh, yeah, i know it. so yeah. the gay fish thing and kanye west doesn't have a sense of humor and he's like yeah. i'm not a gay fish yeah um and we're like well he's got to so we wrote ourselves into a corner where it's like okay um kanye's like they, they say we got the guy who made up the joke so they're gonna bring cartman in you know and we're like well that's the end of the episode then like we're only like halfway through what the f- are we gonna do like what uh, and it's banging your head against the wall like we're kind of like he's going to bring Cartman into this room and then Vernon Chapman who's one of the funniest human beings on the planet said oh they should bring it like we got the guy who made up the joke and it's Carlos Mancia <laughs> and who's famous I, for I know, stealing of course. jokes no the greatest who's thing fa- ever he's yeah, famous yeah. for stealing yeah, jokes course. and that's what you live for is him saying that and the whole and then what room, happens in the room when he says everyone it everyone falls down everyone just dies laughing and is like yes and then you look at the whiteboard and when you put Carlos Mancia in there it goes oh so now that has a chain reaction of like – and now everything now tracks uh, because the way they write is like this part in Act 1, then we have this tentpole scene in Act 2, and now we know we want to act, end in this in Act 3. And the scenes are written, animated, done. And then your whole job is, well, why will the boys go from here in Act 2? How do we get from here to there? Yeah. And your brain melts.
0: And, well, you know, every uh – Almost every time you look at a failed artistic endeavor by people who who can make good work, it's because they gave, at some point they gave up because they knew yeah. you know you do know when it's not yeah it you sucks. do know when you haven't
2: cracked it or it finally yeah
0: cracked it but it's so easy to hear the whispers yeah to let it go and, and you yeah. gotta
2: like um you gotta keep you know, moving forward keep and moving I will say this Matt this is a great thing is that Trey Parker will always come in and he's he I go I told this to a friend of mine who was trying to make these comedy shorts and he was having a hard time and I, he was like, Can I take you out to lunch and just talk to you know, pick your brain? And I said and we we talked about it for a while and I said, Look, you know the thing, Trey Parker comes in at the ever beginning of every morning and he's constantly reminding him himself the same shit you're reminding yourself. Like it's not like he's walking around going like I figured it out. He's walking around going I remember, you know, Talking to him during one writing session, he came in and he goes, "You know what? We just have to remember it like to make ourselves laugh. It has to be funny, and when it 's really funny and inspired we 'll back into a message. But if we start with the message, we can 't have the message theme." you know cart leading the funny horse you know it's got to be funny first and then so we we got to remember that guys and he'll write that on the board like guys we got and this is season 18 right so you're and i go right you keep remember you got to remind yourself this or he'll say everybody we i got to take a break and go watch movies like because we got to we got to fill the tank up you know what i mean like during the break fill the tank up i remember you know saying that meaning like and him will come back and go, I watched Lone Ranger and I watched Dread and what, I watched uh, all these movies. What could be more inspiring than yeah, that? Yeah, because – and I'm like, there's no difference. That guy is not – they're not any different from when they were in college than they are now. You know, There's nothing that crazy about it. They're all – the guys from Pixar sent me a book on uh, writing into the woods about the, the, the four-act structure yeah. or five-act structure instead of three-act structure. It's I haven't Pete read Doctor. That. I haven't read that book. I don't read a lot of those and they go, Hey, we don't really live but we really dig this book. You should check it out. It's this I'll British read it now. guy, uh, this British guy wrote it and they sent it to me and I was like, Oh and I'm like, You guys are Pixar, but they're still they you know what it is? Is they have, all these guys, they have the attitudes of students, you know? And Kurosawa, going back to him, he always said he said the same, like he was like a sensei but right you know, and he got his Oscar for lifetime achievement, he said. I'm still trying to figure this shit out. Basically, right. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what makes a movie, I don't fully understand what make movies wor- makes movies work. And I don't think he was being like disingenuous. I feel like he's like, No, I'm the man, I get it, but I'm kind of like, I'm still figuring for me personally. I, I, that's, I, that's why I still make movies, I'm which is trying why to, like, I'm trying to crack this.
0: People, people who are listening to this who are interested, it doesn't matter what their field of endeavor is, but I get letters from people and 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 you know, how do you know if you can really do this stuff? And how do you, um. You, the idea is like not to worry about feeling like you have all the answers. The greats never feel like they have no. all the answers. If you have all just, the
2: answers, you're you're screwed. Just
0: keep yeah, yeah. you The wrong. person is like I'm amazing. You're wrong. Just get up every day <laughs> yeah. and do it to yeah. the best of your ability, and then the next day look at it and try to push it even further. And that's like the only shot you have yeah. to get there.
2: Yeah, I yeah. talk about Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, he he I think reshot. He reshoots a lot of his movie. Like, he'll shoot the first week on Punch, Drunk, Love and then watched it and was like, oh, I messed up. This is all wrong. I, my screw up guy. We got to reshoot all this. I, I, this is bad. You know? Yeah. I yes. figured it out, but I have to look at it. And it's a trial and error thing. And I think um, the, I did not know that and, and understand that until later. And that's why, you know, I feel like if I read Born Standing Up earlier, I would have really clicked into that. But what really helps is by doing it. And, like, going up at the Second City Theater, you know, and falling on my face and going, well, that sucks. You know, how do I not let – okay, what did I learn from that? And the people at SNL who I always saw had a hard time are the people who didn't learn from their mistakes. They'd go, well, this makes my friends laugh. And it's like, that doesn't matter. It's got to be right for the show. it got to make the show laugh, you know. And um, and so it it, it is – it is this this thing of of um, of, of learning, just like having an the balance of a between the
0: the somehow keeping the flame uh, alive that tells you the certainty that tells you you can do it, and then also the voice telling you to keep going deeper, keep getting better. Yeah, keep,
2: keep getting trying. better. A- Amy Schumer, going back to her, is a perfect example of that of someone who just keeps getting better. Mike Birbiglia said that about her, which I thought was so true. He's like, Amy's a constant reminder of, like, you can always get better and you, you ha- we have to always try to be getting better. And she is that way. And I remember we were doing Trainwreck this summer and every week, every weekend, especially, but even sometimes after we would get done shooting, she would go to the Comedy Cellar and do a set. Right. And... I remember, you know, like we're all hung out and, you know, on the weekends or whatever and seeing her in her apartment, we're all hanging out in the apartment and she goes over and gets a DVD and it's her set from last night at the cellar and she's watching it with a notepad, listening to the jokes. That one didn't work. Well, I need to – well, that why did that one not work? Why did this one not work? It's hard work and you got to – And it's and it's – it's terrible. Like, we're going to do a table read for this IFC show tomorrow, oh, and I know it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be like, you know, you have those table reads, that first kind of big table read, and it's a bloodbath, and you just have to steel yourself for it, and everyone's going to go, hey, man, this is not working. When do you, you shoot? Uh, March. You start shooting in March. And this is a table read for the network or for this you? This is for everybody. Uh, so it is one of those, like, bloodbath.
0: What's the name of the show?
2: we don't have a name yet but it's a mock documentary true. show it's a parody documentary show great um, right yeah those table reads are really difficult they're difficult but in that Schumer story you got to face it and look at it and go okay well i got i did this i did that wrong okay i'm going to try this tonight and maybe i'll be 75% better or 80% better or if i'm if i get an f again i'm going to come back sunday night i'm going to come back the next night i'm going to try it again and see but you have to learn from it and i thought that was really inspiring considering she wrote and was the lead of the new judd apatow movie it, and she's she, selling three thousand seats. she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't have to. F***ing care. right she could easily just walk out and do nothing and she cares it's she cares so much about the work and i think that kristen wiggs the same way like just uh, will forte all my friends they just it, they make it about the work and so if you just make it about the work all the other shit you can't really control, like it's just out of your control in some ways. So oh, that's just awesome. Make it about the work, just make it about the work. Well,
0: that's, that should be your actual, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, by the been. way, that's your advice to everyone but yeah. yourself. But course. myself.
2: Yeah. Hi, that's my, but I'm not going to take my own advice. I'm not
0: going to do that at all. Listen, Bill, thank you so much no for doing this. This is really fun. If um, you're not on social media, which I wanted to ask you why you're not, but I'll ask that another time, right? You don't tweet. No.
2: Uh, I feel like if I got on Twitter, it'd be like cocaine for me. I would just—it's the same reason I never did cocaine, because I'd be like, oh, it'd man. be like Twitter. It'd be like Twitter. I would just be on it all the time and be, you know, constantly checking my Twitter feed. I
0: think like, I would you know. love to see you coked out and tweeting.
2: Oh, it, I, my At career would be time. over like that. But I we would have—it would have have, be
0: like a fun week. It'd to be watch. a great week. That week would be memorable. People are talking about week. it for a long time. The Hater time. Coke
2: Coke Week. Coke Coke Just Say
0: this: if you decide to go on a coke binge, just mm-hmm. remember to join Twitter that day.
2: Yeah be like I'm snorting the cocaine off of my phone as you and start tweet tweeting. as I'm tweeting. But um, no, it'll be I, I that's why I get asked that a lot. And I think maybe down the road if I might I you know I might but I, right now I, I just feel like I, I understand I, I would just be so uh my personality type I would just want to be on it all the time. Well
0: I um I am findable on Twitter. If people want to find me on Twitter I'm at Brian Koppelman. If you want to email me um email me at, at the moment BK no, yeah, it's themomentbk at gmail.com. Just don't uh, send me any screenplay ideas or um, any uh, ideas for TV shows or any screenplays. If you do any of that, um, I'll have haters send Lauren Michael's security guys. To the house. <laughs> but short of yeah. short of that, uh, send me anything you want. I will respond. I always get back to people even if it takes a little while. Bill, thanks for doing this. Thanks,
2: Dad. Thanks for having me. This All was right. a lot of fun. Take care. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your ear balls, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.